While John was the first to have Grand Theft Auto and rode to school on his skateboard and Jenko jeans, Jen and I, like most children, were busy watching acclaimed cartoons like The Land Before Time, one, two, three, and four, and All Dogs Go to Heaven, one and two, of course. Although the shocking truth of one of the main voices behind these movies is even more heartbreaking than the films themselves. How could one child with such fame and fortune suffer so much, with her still haunting the house in the Hollywood Hills to this day? Hey guys, welcome to Talk Murder to Me. Thanks, Jen. So... And hello to our video subscribers. Hi. Um, yes, I have you. I have uh, us on YouTube right now, and I fixed the sound with the video. So if you want to follow along with us, this was a uh, a a not interactive one, but definitely you need to see some of the videos that we're showing tonight. Ooh. So, um, so let's address the elephant in the room. I have been quarantining all week. Because I came in contact with someone who tested positive for COVID. However, I tested negative for COVID. And so did we. But I just want to wear a mask because Thanksgiving is coming up and Nicole's mom is coming for Thanksgiving. So I don't want to spread any germs. So sorry, but I'm wearing my mask. I'm trying to be a responsible human. Good job, Jen. Proud Thank of you. you. Thank you. Yeah, so go to YouTube and you can see COVID Jen. So the hint tonight, oh, I didn't give you a hint. Nope. Okay. So we're drinking beer. We are drinking beer tonight. Surprise shots. Surprise shots. We don't know what they are because they're a surprise. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, God. I don't think that's someone you're going to want in a straw. Oh, my God, Jen. Are you high? Yum. That was good. <laughs> that was I'd good. take another one in a straw. Yeah, actually. let's do it. No, Two for one. I do not want another one. You're going to need one after hearing this story. Uh, what is it? I'll go grab the bottle. Whisk Jameson? It was the Wild Turkey 101. I'm going to need another bottle at this point anyway for Dennis. Um, I want to say before... Now, this is for the video people out there. We are actually in the same room. I, I got a couple comments that... Um, asked if we were in a different room we were actually in the same room we just have three different cameras set up the video is on the computer right behind me i got the sound working right so if you're following along with us tonight everything's good to go and um i'll do a half go grab a shot go grab a drink with us and let's have a good time good. all right guys tonight we got a an episode that uh, you guys haven't heard of before and if you're on video, you can uh, watch these videos with us tonight. It's a sad episode. And, uh, uh, yeah, it is a sad episode. Well, we'll make it fun. <gasps> oh my god. I love this movie. I do love this movie. All I have is a picture in my mind how it would be. I don't remember the song though. If I don't either. I don't remember this being a musical. And you promise in your letter that you'll come home. Oh my god, her parents died? Come I forgot about that. I forget this whole story. I feel like he oh left God. on purpose. No. Home, he didn't want to watch this himself. That looks reckless. Have you guys seen this movie? Yes. And we don't remember this part, and I'm crying. <laughs> oh, oh, they're so, so cute.
into my heart. Is she an orphan now? I can't remember. I'm assuming. If I I've never seen it. You've never what? seen it? No, I've never I seen it. I remember All Dogs Go to Heaven 2 was yeah. like bomb. Yeah. Because wasn't the main dog a German Shepherd one of the main he was ones? something. Charlie, I think his name was. Alrighty then. Oh, I mean, I get emotional every time I look at the gray uh, hairs in Stella's eyebrows. Oh, I'm my like, God. Oh, I literally, old. I literally have dreams so all the sad. time of, like, my, my dogs from home. I know. There's, they were great dogs. They were. My aunt just had to put her Bernie down. I saw that. That was terrible. Yeah. John, why are she you making all, us cry? I know. Doggy <laughs> death is no joke. I don't. I think that this is a parent death, though. Like, that's really sad, too. Oh, what? Uh, I'm sorry. I didn't. Are talking about dogs or parents? Well, that particular song. Well, I think with that, here, here we go. You gotta. I you told gotta. you. And this, if you're already crying, you're going to be. <laughs> You might as well get a. Oh, you might I as well, hate whiskey. Why did it's I pick bourbon. this? You it's need bourbon. to get a bucket if you're already crying. Yeah, whiskey. Bourbon, bourbon is, whiskey. is whiskey. Yeah. This is. Uh, yeah, I'm telling you, Burby, Burby, <laughs> Burby. <laughs> That's a mix between Barbie and bourbon, or a mix between Furby and bourbon, which Furbies. Are the worst, but that's all I'm gonna say about that. But bourbon and ginger ale is actually very, very good. This is dedicated yeah. to all of the YouTubers out there, so you know, bottoms up. Bottoms I up. Jenna already drank ours. I had two, and I drank mine through a straw. So that was a, such a sad song. Well, this is a very sad story. So, ah, uh, fuck. Do you guys know the Me. voice behind that? Is she the same girl that um, was in the Poltergeist movie? I do not think so, no. That is very specific. Well, I know that there was a, a, a child actress who, like, was, was who died on oh. set. I think she was on no. the Poltergeist movie. Am I, am I telling it the wasn't, right story? It's not the Poltergeist movie, but she was in other movies, too. Is the, that the story we're covering? The, the song that you just heard was from All Dogs Go to Heaven. It was called Soon You'll Come Home. It was performed by Judith Barcy. And uh, that's who we're talking about tonight. Oh, hmm. the so reason, you might be right. You the reason I... Uh, Sorry. How do you know all these things, Jen? I have a very, very specific part of my mind that when I disassociate from other conversations... You just go to, like, killers and death? Not just death, but, like, I just have, a, a like, a random information part of my brain. And I think mm. I pick it up when I'm napping to documentaries. Mm. So we're talking about Judith Barcy tonight. That was uh, Soon You'll Come Home. That's the song she was singing. Now, the reason I played that entire song, well, it's because I had to pee, number one. Yeah, you left <laughs> at two, a very convenient that, time. To make us cry. Yeah. Before she sang that song, that song right there, if you go back and listen to it, you can probably hear it in her voice, but she had broken down crying right before she sang that oh. song she broke down to her agent ruth hansen and she told her everything so judith barcy at this point was nine years old she broke down in front of her agent told her everything all the abuse going on in her home oh dear. everything and it, this is this story is about abuse and it's not not very good I mean, it's, it's a good story, but it's not, uh, not it's, it's awful. Yeah. And uh, if you want to read this, this is from uh, Ruth Hansen, the uh, agent. Then in May, Judith was scheduled to audition a song for an animated feature. That's when I realized how bad Judith was. She was crying hysterically. She couldn't talk, said her agent. Hansen had seen enough and decided to step in. Good for you, Miss Hansen. So um, the the agent actually contacted... Uh, CPS and also told the mother to go to psychiatry, a child psychiatry appointment. It was for both of them, the mother and the daughter. Like a family therapy or, we're se or separate? Well, the mother and the daughter were both getting the same abuse. I learned a lot about abuse from this story and it's it's interesting and I'll, um, I'll tell you some of the stuff. For instance, a lot of times when the mother and the daughter are both getting the same abuse, they're inseparable. You, you'll see them together all the time. They're almost like a team, you know, mm. away from the abuser. 
And uh, that's just one of the things. But anyway, this is where we're going to tonight. This is 22100 McHale Street, Canuga Park, California. I was going to oh. say California. Well, obviously. She's a freaking... Uh... Yeah, but I, I was, I was, I was Florida, going with the picture. Though. I was going... It kind of looks like definitely uh, a warmer... Yeah. yeah. Well, if you've seen this home lately, or if it's familiar to you, you may have watched uh, Flip That Murder House. I haven't, but I wanted to watch that show. It's uh, This was featured on that. So basically, the, the point of that show, and it's on something called Quibi. Is that the thing? Quibi? Quibbly? Quibbly yeah. or something. So anyway, I, I didn't actually see the, the show, but it's kind of interesting. They take these murder houses where people were murdered, and they don't just renovate them. They... Use do it a as lot a selling with, point? Well, no, no. They do a lot with energy. So they'll open. Oh. So for this house, for example, ah. they opened up the master bedroom and made it like a patio to bring the energy, the the positive energy so in. So like where the crime happened. Yeah. They, like, so so to... they real. It's, it's kind of interesting because they're not just mm. selling it and fixing it up and then selling it off the name like, oh, it's a murder house and we'll get money on it. They're, they're actually trying to rearrange the things for Feng the energy. Because the, the people that contact the show are the homeowners currently and they are living in a home that just to them is being haunted they're hearing ah. things they're having nightmares like in this particular story the owner was sleeping in the master bedroom uh where one of the murders occur- occurred and he was having terrible nightmares hmm. And uh, so I, if you believe in that stuff, I do, but we all know that I thought when you said open up the master bedroom, I thought you were going to say they opened up a portal. I thought you're, like, that's initially fuck? what I thought what too. The, the portal, what the shit are you talking I about? I don't know. To the other side. <laughs> <laughs> open up a portal. Wherever yeah. Jen's mind goes, we're blacks out. I don't know. You know all, all the demons pour in. <laughs> oh, sweet. Finally. <laughs> they just opened this door for us. <laughs> don't make fun of that shit. You never know what's going to happen. <laughs> shit. That shit ain't the final scene in Fantasia, like all the spirits. I didn't like that movie. That's I blacked what? out during. What about the scene with all like the unicorns and Pegasus didn't or whatever? Like it. The only one I know about is the brooms. It's a good one too. Did I, I loved Fantasia? All right. I thought it was oh, spooky. Look, the music was great. I thought it was spooky. All right, July twenty seventh, nineteen eighty eight. Now this is Monday through Wednesday. They don't Ooh, actually is know. Someone carrying a body there. That's um. So do you remember the um the movie uh, All Dogs Go to Heaven that yes. you just watched? Yeah. That's that's her body. That's oh! that's the nine year old's body. I, that's kind of weird that he's carrying her and she's not on a stretcher. Isn't that a little weird. Well, she was burned beyond all recognition. Oh. So they shit. had to wrap her up. Yeah, but I mean, usually the fact you that put he, on a like stretcher. yeah, the fact that he like a person that's carrying her is a little strange. I, I don't know, but that is Judith Barcy from what the from Associated is they Press. Your children, and I know they it are my children. Yeah, so this is a very, very sad story. But the reason I say Monday through Wednesday is no one actually knows when the murder took place, but this story is the father, the abusive father, kills the mother and the ten-year-old. Judith Barcy. She was ten year olds, ten year old at the time, and uh, she was very successful already as an actress. And we're gonna actually do a flashback here through this episode. And uh, this is another reason why you should watch it on uh, YouTube. We're gonna see a bunch of her commercials. She was in seventy two huh. commercials, and a lot wow. of them you you may even remember. I know it's. Kind of before y'all's time. It was. Yeah. I was not born then. What year? Yeah. 90. Oh, yes. We were not born. Yeah. Uh, well, this is 88 when this she died. This is 88. Died, so. so the commercials were like in 86, okay. like the one I was That's born. That's when you were born. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm going to be 30. You know what I found yep. out? That I got to trade you in for a newer I'm model. I'm going to be 30 in a month. <laughs> You have more than a month. Number I, one. Everyone number two, out there, a I am. A week. I am taking auditions for uh, a you. young. <laughs> Shut up. My eighteen Shut to twenty. Shut up, you. We're going to halls for my birthday. That, oh, is that when we're going? That's what I want to go. Okay. Nicole, can you please describe the photo here? Um, the well, best someone's you can. carrying a body um, in their arms, which is unusual. 
Um, still looks like it's the 1970s, even though it says 1988 in this video. They're just a whole bunch of guys with aviator glasses, and then there's some well, I mean, dude in think, the corner think with about the camera. This. Think about you just said aviator glasses, and I thought a lot about this because the guy is wearing sunglasses. That is a ten-year-old girl that he is holding. Yeah. I would also be wearing sunglasses, not to look you would cool, be because it. I would be so shocked, and I, I wouldn't even know this was real life. I mean, he is carrying a completely burnt body of a 10 year old girl you are secretly so he's not wearing aviators to look cool he this is these people are in complete shock right here that's why they're not scrambling around they're just like doing nothing because they are in total shock well we don't know they're doing nothing it's a still oh well you know what i'm saying this is canoga park california 22100 this was around midnight on that Monday, when police believe that the killer, that the father kills the daughter and the mother. Now, the reason it could be later, like on Tuesday, is because there is a theory, although it's not very popular, that he was actually holding the family captive for until Wednesday. But that's not and most likely the entire family died on Monday at the end of the episode, I'll show you how he killed himself, but was that wasn't until the next life. day. Uh, so anyway, Monday at midnight, the father pulls a 32 caliber pistol out of the, the dresser drawer. This is around midnight. The mother's sleeping. The daughter's sleeping. He walks into Judith Barcy's room. His daughter, the actress that we're talking about tonight, the, the singer, mm-hmm. and he puts the... 32 caliber pistol to her right ear and this is the photo of that (gasps) nope now i do believe that this is the correct photo i uh find a death.com well yeah it's it claimed that this was actually judith barcy the ears are a little different but the ears do shrink up or the body does shrink up a little bit once the, the the photo I'm showing them right now and and if you got I forgot to mention is, is that picture the second picture from like a commercial yeah, or something yeah commercial okay. I forgot to mention go to talkmer.com if you're new here especially we I put all the photos and resources and videos from tonight's episode on talkmurder.com just click the post there with Judith Barcy and uh, you can follow along with us you can also go to YouTube and follow along with the video there but this is from what I found, her actual death photo, and uh, you see the bullet is is about the same size as a thirty eight caliber would would produce. So, but it was below the right ear, thirty eight caliber. She was actually still awake. Honestly, I thought a lot about oh, this. Oh no! And she was, she was awake. Well, the abuse in the home was ongoing for. Several, yeah, I would say two years at least. Um, the heavy abuse, but was it her she biological was a, father? Yeah, by biological father. Oh. She was awake during this. They found out the medical examiner. I guess the eyes were open, but she didn't. This is really sad. She didn't try to escape. It's like she knew that this was finally coming, and she knew that this was going to happen, and she just laid there and as you'll see as we talk more about the abuse it's almost like this is this is obviously the next step and this is my dad doing this my father he puts the 38 caliber pistol right to her her below her right ear and he pulls the trigger and I, i feel like she knew that was coming and i feel like she could feel the barrel on her skin and just didn't do anything that's how sad that is so i i can't even imagine like being a victim of abuse none never like never mind from my own father like i feel like he would would not be able to trust anyone especially if it's coming at that young of an age like i just i can't mm. even fathom and my heart goes out to any victims of any kind of domestic abuse but i just i it just blows my mind Maria, the wife, she hears the shot ring out. This is probably around midnight. And she runs down the hall. Her husband overpowers her. 
And next thing that happens, she's on the floor on her knees, almost begging. She knows that this is it. He puts the thirty-eight to her temple and pulls the trigger. Mm-hmm. And she already knew that the daughter was dead because, wow. and they and they knew that he had killed the daughter first because she was in her bed, and then the wife was in the hall. So obviously she ran out to see what was going on. So it was point blank to her head as well. Both her body and Judy Judith Barcy's body was burned beyond all recognition uh, the day following. So. Very sad story here. The phone rings at this house, the one you're seeing now, the phone rings at the house the following day is actually Ruth Hansen, the agent for Judith Barcy. And she actually missed an appointment. She had an appointment with Hannah Barbara, Barbara, Hannah Barbara, Barbara, Han- Hannah Barbara, you oh, know, like the, the Flintstones, the Flintstones, yeah, yeah. Hannah Barbara. Yeah. She had an appointment with Hannah Barbara Productions the father picks up the phone and says, quote, they went to San Diego. A black car took them away. I'm just here to get my things and say goodbye to my little girl, end quote. Immediately, the agent knew something was really wrong because she never miss misses appointment, especially with Hannah Barber. That's a huge company. Mm-hmm. She never misses an audition like that. So immediately she contacts the police and they get the ball rolling. Actually, the police didn't show up until there was an explosion at the house when the father lights the fire, which we're going to talk about at the very end of the episode. So in this episode, I'm going to add a lot of commercials. I thought it'd be kind of a interesting thing to do. So you can see Judith Barcy, the actor, actress. And here's the first one right here. Ronald McDonald in oh. Way Out Desserts. Up on the planet a lot, where it's always hot, kids didn't have cool desserts. That hurts, but McDonald's desserts are so cool and so neat, even up here there'll be a delicious So crazy, man. The kids love them all. Shakes, sundaes, and cones. Ronald brought last year. That's her. That's her so right there. They do always have ice cream. So creepy. You hate It's a good time for the great taste. Ronald. That's her. I, yeah, you know what I found sad. out? That one of our friends was in a McKids catalog. Oh. Yeah. A like, what? That's like, cool. It, like the, it was a Sears catalog for like the McKids clothing McDonald's? Line. Mc, McDonald's Mc, kids? Yes. Oh, okay. You know, did I ever tell you guys how I was supposed to be in the Toys R Us commercial when I was a no. child? Yeah, but apparently... Um, I convinced my mom to not let me do it. That's what she said. What? <laughs> because I didn't want to be there a child. There's a part model. of the story that is not true. There. That, that's but that's the story that I was told is that I didn't want to model, so my mom said I didn't have to model. Which, I mean, considering how my father made me play soccer for two years, I feel like that's not true. But apparently, I was supposed to be in the Toys R Us kids commercial. A yeah. Toys R Us kid. I don't want to grow up. I'm a Toys R Us kid. Then my sister did do some child modeling. I don't know if I did before, but I also remember, like, you know how you have those really weird memories of, like, childhood? Like, really, just, not weird. Vivid. But vivid, but, like, yes. like yeah. just, just random. Some, yeah. some very random things that I remember. Well, one of them yeah. was me being... From, like, four years old. Yeah. Yes. yeah. One of those was me being... Um, I remember my brother fell off a truck. Go ahead. <laughs> what? It was, like, funny. thing. I died. <laughs> how old were you? <laughs> my brother fell off a truck. Uh-huh. My grandpa... I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. Go it's ahead. And I'll no, tell mine. No, no, no. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, you need to clearly finish yeah. that story. We were riding in the back of my pawpaw's truck, and uh, we were out in the country in the dirt road, and my pawpaw hit a, a bump in the, in the back of the truck, and the tailgate was open. My brother goes rolling out. And, and I just, was it like a little hay barrel? Yeah, he, he rolled like a tumbleweed. <laughs> a tumble, tumbleweed? Yeah, he just rolls, and I'm just, I start beating on the window, and I'm like, Paul Paul, stop your truck. Stop your truck, Paul Paul. Matt done fell out the truck, Paul Paul. And then he just, I remember my, my Paul Paul, like, pulls over. He's like, oh, you okay? Come on, get back in. Oh, yeah, like, just nonchalantly. Got some more dirt in it. You my brother's, like, all screwed up. Scuffed up. <laughs> I, I like all 
of your funny stories involved your brother getting hurt <laughs> or doing I, something. I don't know if he'll remember that, but that was the funniest thing I've ever seen. He rolled. It was like how a old were you when that happened? I was like, I don't know, like five. Oh, so he was like man. seven. He's only two well, years maybe older. I was like four. I mean, it was really young. I remember going I like going to ice skating lessons and the teacher was oh, so man. so mean and it was terrible and I never went back because I was like crying and I hated it. And to this day I don't know how to ice skate. I've never been since. I don't really. We used to have like egg crates, milk crates to like help and you'd stack and it would help like push you. Well, I know that in Somerville in the town square they have like an ice rink during the winter. So I kind of want to try to ice skate because I I literally have not been in it. Like there were times when I went to Boston during the winter. Frog Pond. Yeah, Frog Pond. Yep. And, and we were, my friends and I were going to ice skate, but then we just didn't. It's fun to just go and drink some hot chocolate. Yeah, or hot apple cider. Or now we can drink hot toddies. Like every snack from Fruit Corners, new fruit wrinkles are made with real fruit. Here's your eyes. Here's your nose. They're a good source of vitamin C. Oh my God, she's so Here's precious. In spite of that, Why Julie the thinks sad? they're pretty neat. Oh, don't look sad. You look cuter with a smile. If it comes from fruit corners, it's made with real fruit. I love your eyes. Oh, oh, I can't see. <laughs> fruit wrinkles that from the like makers a really of fruit really scary looking room that she was sitting in. Fruit wrinkles. Yeah, if, wrinkles. if she wouldn't have. Um, oh my God, look, fruit roll-ups. Look at that old logo. Yeah, yeah. she wouldn't have got murdered. Uh, so young she would have definitely been uh i mean everyone would have known her by now she would she was a superstar like a Lindsay i mean Lohan. she was in 72 commercials she was in multiple movies mm. star roles too land before time was one of them <gasps> land the before time. she played ducky that's the oh, one i was thinking dang about it, dang it oh. I, I have a video of that and sorry sorry no no you're Random good mouth. you're good, good i'm glad call. you i'm glad you guessed it yeah land before time was Epic. I actually one two three four. I mean, I I've never seen it, but I put what? A, what? Oh, I'm sorry. I watch adult movies. Yeah, when you were when a child. You were, yeah. Yes. No. Yes. Land before time. I never seen it. Okay. Was wow. the ish. Okay. All right. So tonight we're. It really helped my love of dinosaurs. Also, yeah. we're back, but we're back kind of scared me. <gasps> yes, we're back was so good. Because wasn't that about Thanksgiving too? Because it was like the the Macy's Thanksgiving parade, wasn't it? No, I thought they, they were came in a back. They went to a circus. What are you? Oh, I'm okay. pretty sure it. it was the Macy's Thanksgiving Day parade. It was a long time ago for me. All right, guys, we are pulling a lot of this episode there's no books about this which there really should be because this is a very tragic story and i you know i didn't really see any good literature about it but this article right here provided a really in-depth detail of the case this is from the los angeles times the title is a script of fear repeated threats by father of child actress carried to tragic end mm -hmm. by john johnson and gabe fuentes and this is posted on august 7th 1988 so i just put that in there because this is what we're going to be using primarily for the story hmm. it was really well written and that's interesting and I, I guess i'll be able to understand more at the end of the story so I, I don't know if a dialogue about this right now would be appropriate, but if there are multiple threats, like it seems like the mom ha like had the resources, but maybe she was too afraid to speak yeah. out about the no, threats. No, no, no. She, the court wanted to uh, uncover all the files of this because if there was a child protective services case, this is it. And the mother did all the right things. She filed for a divorce. She got an apartment. She was doing all the right things. And Child Protective Services, a lot of people say they failed. But there is actually a quote from one of the agents involved in the Child Protective Services on this case that said, and I'll uh, show you this exactly, but it said something like, uh, can we force her, the mother, to leave the house and live in the apartment. Mm -hmm. They knew that the abuse was going on. They wanted to force the mother to leave. But a lot of these abuse cases, the mother doesn't want to leave right away. I mean, because it's mm -hmm. the person you love. You fell in love with this person. He abuses you. It's the same thing. You know what I'm saying? Any, any Anyone that's abused out there, you just can't leave. 
I mean, a lot of people says, well, why don't she just leave him? If she, if he's hitting the shit out of her, why does she... It's emotional and it's not, it's not that easy, people, right. to do that. You know what I'm saying? And uh, there's a lot involved, so... Well, same thing with emotional abuse, too. It doesn't necessarily have to be physical. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So the mother was in the process of doing the right thing, things for the child and everything, but... Can you read this, Nicole? This is from the Los Angeles Times right here. When Judith Barcy prepared to leave Los Angeles for the Bahamas to film Jaws the Revenge last year, her father pulled a knife and bade her goodbye. If you decide not to come back, I will cut your throat, he said, what? according oh to her relative. Oh, my gosh. This, so this is all the stuff that Judith told her agent, you know, when she spilled everything. That's why I play that song at the beginning, because she spilled her guts she told everything. She broke down crying. Everything. The entire abuse relationship before she sang that song. So the next time you watch Land Before Time, I believe that was the... Th is that the first one, Land Before Time? I'm not sure. What? There were that four movie. movies. Horrible. Yeah, before you watch that scene, the next time your kids are watching that, try to hear it in her voice. Oh, you're voice. talking about the All Dogs Go to Heaven song. Oh, excuse me. Yeah. Uh, All Dogs Go to Heaven. Yes, that was the beginning of the first movie. The first movie, before your kids watch that, try to hear that sorrow and that defeat in well, her voice. It was very convincing. It made me cry. Mm -hmm. If you go back like, and listen to it now, I guarantee you can hear it. It's very... And she's a 10-year-old child. It makes yeah. her sound a lot older than she is because she sounds more grown up because she's dealing. I mean, look what she's dealing with. Yeah, life experiences. Yeah. So let's show. talk about the father first. Uh, the father, Joseph Barcy, uh, J J O with the tilde above the O, Z S E F Barcy. They called him Arizona Joe. He was a plumber. And in fact, he was a plumber until this happened, even though. Judith was making about a. She was only making like a hundred grand a year, which is a lot. I mean, I wish I could but, say that. Uh, she That's wasn't a, a millionaire, lot. but you know. I mean, back then, that, even especially yeah. back then, and for her age, That's she a lot. doing good. Yeah, yeah. But hey, not to knock on plumbers, like plumbers and HVAC people make a lot of money now. So you mm -hmm. know, because it's very specialty. Yep, yeah, absolutely. The father Joseph Bars Barcy, they called him Arizona Joe. He was a plumber. Now, a friend, another plumber friend of the father. Is it a Spanish name, Barcy? Uh, no, it's not, but um, not Spanish. That was a good guess. Portuguese? But no, think more European. There was a... Spanish? Th think, I said that. Think a revolution in 1956. They had a revolution. The Soviet Union... Cuba. ...tried to take it over. Cuba. That's not Europe. What... <laughs> um, 1956 the soviet union was taking over this country germany had taken it over i'm pretty sure it could be poland czechoslovakia it's what jen is what jen is 24 7 irish that's not an irish hungry there you go <laughs> <laughs> you should have said you and i would have felt way more confident in that answer a friend of his which was also a fellow plumber he actually told him 500 times that he counted or recounted in his mind that, quote, he was going to kill his wife. Now, don't ask me why this friend didn't report this to the authorities. But, you know, after the fact, I, I guess it's more of a, um, I don't know, hindsight thing. If you want to read this, this is also from the uh, article. I try to calm him down. I tell him if you kill her, what will happen to your little one? Said Peter Kill it. Kivlin, little one, was Barshi's pet name for Judith. That was uh, the friend he's talking about, the plumber. I gotta kill her too, he said. Oh no. So I was trying to think, like, this guy's background, like, why was he like this? Because this, I mean, you would consider him a monster the way he was abusing his wife. He would throw pots and pans, not at the wife, I mean, yeah, at the wife, but also at the nine-year-old daughter. 10-year-old when she died, but 8 and 9 years old when she was going through this. And then what what he just said, the reason I put that in there, well, I got to kill her too. I got to kill my 9-year-old daughter. Like, I'm trying to understand what's wrong. It's not this guy is a shithead, a monster. He's just 
narcissistic or something. I that makes me think he has a mental illness. Well, yeah. in my mind at least. I mean, I, I'm not a doctor. When but. you talk about killing your your own child, you're killing your literally killing your own flesh and blood. You're killing a part of yourself. Uh, Joseph Istvan, Arizona Joe Barsi, Hungarian immigrant. He fled during 1956. There was a Soviet occupation of Hungary, and it was a a big, uh, there's a lot of protests in the street. A lot of people died. Um, it was a huge uprising. Soviets were trying to control, obviously, the country. I believe, did, did not Germany control Hungary for, until Hitler, until like 1945? The, I mean, Hitler, um... Wasn't he controlling Hungary Austria until... Was, yeah. Austria was with Hungary, right? Well, when, when Austria, was Austria, Hungary was when did Prussia. Hitler, when did Hitler oh, get killed in the bunker? 1945? 45. So this was 1956. So was the Soviets, I guess, trying to so, take over? So after after World War II ended, basically, like, the it was div- the Europe was divided, oh, yeah. Eastern they divided, and Western so, yeah. Bloc. And the Eastern Bloc was controlled by the Soviet Union. So part of Germany was controlled by the Soviet Union. Joseph Barzi, he was a Hungarian immigrant. He fled the 1956 Soviet occupation of Hungary. Now, not much is known about his family prior, but we do know he was orphaned very young. And his father, which we do not know anything about, basically disowned him. Mother disowned him. He was living on the streets. I mean, this isn't like America where you don't live on the streets. If you're a 10 year old, you have a, you know, a home like mm-hmm. a adoption service in Hungary. On the other hand, there's no, you know, not in the American bubble that we live in there. You literally live on the streets well, and you beg people, for your, your some money. Some people your in America literally live on the streets. I know, but it's not like other countries. So he was living on the streets. Most likely he did grow up in an industrial area. The L.A. Times article says he lived in a, quote, miserable childhood. So I don't know if he was orphaned out to, you know, a foster home or whatever, but he did grow up miserable. That's all Mm -hmm. it said. Now, he was actually ashamed of his accent for whatever reason. And I I don't know the Hungarian accent is very, it's like a... Hebrewish, like very uh, spitty. Guttural? Yeah, guttural. Is it? He was ashamed of his accent, but he was also, and and that caused a lot of the fights. He actually claimed that he killed a man once in New York um, for making fun of his accent, but you that know, was never proven. However, I wouldn't disbelieve it, considering what happened. Mm-hmm. If you can do that to your child and your wife, imagine what you can do to someone who you really don't care about. From what I saw... He wasn't an alcoholic until he got to America, and that is actually a very common theme during the mass immigrations of that time period. A lot of the Irish came over, a lot of the uh, you know Hungarians or whatever came over to America during that time period, and they can't speak the language, they can't get jobs, but they can go to the local bar, which were, there were a lot of these speakeasies and, not speakeasies, I mean, but Irish there were a lot of these English, bars, though. there were a lot of these bars set up just for the immigrants. There were like Hungarian type bars and stuff, you know what I'm saying? Because there were so many immigrants. So they did get addicted to alcohol. It's like the American thing. It's like, screw it. You know, we got the Indians, excuse me, the Native Americans addicted to alcohol. That yeah. was their downfall. Did you guys see the fucking meme? Americans, dude? We suck. Did you? Guys- <laughs> it ain't good. Did you guys see the meme about how this year is like the original Thanksgiving? How we're just spreading mass disease to everyone? Like the it's original Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Yeah, when we landed on Plymouth Rock, like literally Can we slaughtered say- all the Native Americans. <laughs> Can I just say that Plymouth Rock is literally the the epitome of disappointment. You build up for you've seen Plymouth Rock. I have seen Plymouth Rock. You build it up to be this huge like marking point, and you literally walk. Didn't they have a boat there though that was supposed to be like a remake of the Mayflower? The Mayflower too. Yeah. yeah. Yes. The Mayflower too. It's still like what you go for. And for Plymouth Rock, and you know, you build it up. You think it's this massive, giant boulder that has like this marking on it. It's like this is Plymouth Rock. No, it is a rock. 
that has a wall built around it. What do you think? It's a fucking rock. It's like it's the Grand Canyon. Not, I, I no, want to say the Grand Canyon. Canyon. The Grand Canyon it's is something. It's a motherfucking hole in the goddamn yeah, earth. No. <laughs> the Grand Canyon is cool. I've flown over the Grand what Canyon. What the fuck is okay, literally so a let hole? Me, okay, so let me just explain to you. Let me just explain uh, to you the difference between the Plymouth Rock and the Grand Canyon. Now, the Grand Canyon oh, is like this God. size, let's say, this size of this cup, right? Plymouth Rock would be like this like the top of a beer bottle it's it is bad. tiny Jen, and i get it but it's, the grand canyon is literally a fucking hole you it's majestic keep going it's otherwise majestic. i have to take a pee break go ahead <sighs> arizona joe was a family man he was a devoted family man i know it sounds kind of crazy but he told his brother-in-law quotes if the family is gone then life is not worth living with which actually came to fruition mm. His first marriage, if you look at the photo right here, I'll put it on talkmer.com. That's his first wife, Clara. He actually looks happy in that picture. Like the other pictures you showed, he didn't look like a very happy man. Yeah, he does look happy, yeah. It's kind of a grainy picture to see. He had two children, one uh, one named Barna, 1957, and Aggie, A-G-I, 1958. So Judith was his child obviously with maria but that was, like was 20 his, years apart though. that was his third child in this story i really wanted to kind of dive into the background of joseph and see why he was this abusive when joseph moved to new york he immigrated from hungary in the 1960s this is when he started to drink clara takes the kids you see the kids right there nicole mm -hmm. so jen said earlier that they're really happy looking yeah. So she takes the kids and she actually moves to Arizona. The abuse obviously has started with Joseph. With his first wife? With his first wife, Is yeah. Is that the, why they the call abuse. him Arizona Joe? I don't know why they call him Arizona Joe. I, I think because he was living in Arizona. With his, but was he, so, did he so, try to get his wife back? Is that what Exactly, happened? exactly. So she moves to Arizona, but... Just like anyone in a domestic relationship, not anyone, but most people, they can't actually give up the ties. So she for somehow gave the location of where she was, where she moved to. And he followed her there to Arizona from New York. And he didn't have a job at the time. He actually learned the plumbing business when he moved to Arizona to get back his wife. That's why he moved to Arizona. And he was already the abusive father and everything, but he moved to Arizona to get back his wife. Most likely why they call him Arizona Joe. It's interesting that you say he learned the plumbing business when he moved to Arizona. I feel like, well, I guess, I guess, I, I guess it makes sense now because maybe not everyone had, you know, plumbing systems like <clears throat> we did at that time in America. Mm. But you feel like that would be a skill that you that would be easily transferable between countries. However, thinking about the time period, maybe maybe not so much. Not even now. That's the thing about I love America. America. I mean, I don't do not talk shit about America. Our country is fucking ridiculous. Yes, but dude, most countries don't have plumbing even today. Like holy shit, I can take a doo doo in the toilet and then it'd be gone. Even Danielle would tell me about. I didn't realize in Japan they had mostly like the the squat system oh. oh god i hate that they squat on the toilet and then poopy everywhere and i Ew. was like what do you mean this is in japan and she's like yeah some places there's like a hole in a bar and you just yeah yeah uh -huh. i was like what no you go to some i thought japan they had the fancy toilets where they talk to you no you go to mo most countries out there that's i love america because of this because, because of the plumbing no because we're so such in our own bubbles but most countries even today you want a poopy here's a bucket and then after you're done you light it on fire to get the poopy smell away that is in... you don't light the poop on fire you light a match no no no, no. you light the poopy on fire <laughs> I <laughs> for someone that lived in the mountains of Afghanistan you, for six months, I lived, months, I li I lived six months. Can you a, at least say shit? You let your shit on I li oh, That's better. gross. I lived six I, months on of, a uh, mountain. On a mountain in Afghanistan. Six months. You I got pictures to prove it. Six months. Anyway, I digress. The father Joe follows the family out there. 
He stops drinking. He changes his life. This happens for about a year. And then the wife brings him back in. He's really changed his life. But then, like most abusive relationships out there, from what I've researched doing this podcast, it's only temporary. And then it all the cycle starts back over. And that's exactly what happened. And that's how he lost his first wife. Uh, Clara did divorce him. And she took the two kids. He actually never saw his kids again. Mm. The kids at the time, and you see a picture right here, go talkmore.com. Being that old, they decided amongst themselves not to talk to their father again. So you can see how bad that was. Mm. They, the kids, the teenage year old kids decided amongst themselves they did not want to associate with their biological father that must mean that the abuse was pretty bad, if you guys can see that. Yeah. If yeah. you want to uh, read this, this is from the L.A. Times article, the Script of Fear. He seemed perpetually angry at his wife. Several sources said Barcy would alternate his threats, sometimes saying he would kill his wife, other times saying he would kill himself and Judith and leave Maria alive to suffer. So, That's terrible. Obviously, I wonder what... Did, did he... I mean... This is during the 80s, which were which was shortly after a time where mental health was was not like m- mental health disorders were, were, were sorely looked down upon, especially in the 50s and during NIMBY. Um, but like, I just feel like if someone were to say that, I just I just why? Why didn't anyone try to get him help? Like, I just, no. you know, it's and not even not even the point where he would kill not even the, the alarm. As alarming as it was, he would say that he would kill himself and his daughter to leave his wife to suffer, which is terrible. The fact that he would say that he wanted to kill himself in, in general should should have been an, an alarm in someone's mind to try to get him some help, you know? Well, that's the thing. The agent was the first one to point them in the direction of CPS and the psychologist. But not just CPS for, like, Judith and the and the wife, but for but for like try to get him some mental Here's health. Here's the thing about this story: a lot of people talk bad about CPS and Child Protective Services for not doing their job. There's only so much they can do. They've they followed this case very closely from what I've seen, and that quote really says it all. Can we force her to move out of her house? No. She's already got an apartment. Can we force the mother to move out of the house? Can we force her like that? That shows me right now that they can't do much more. So part of my job as a school counselor is to is to report instances of abuse or neglect um, if they come if I become aware of them. And there have been instances where I have, you know, reported something to DSS or the Department of Social Services um, and, you know, they they put their report out and they, they send a. Um, an agent out there, and then they interview what's going on. And, you know, if if they can't, if the interview results kind of indicate that they don't need to do anything or if there's nothing wrong, maybe the maybe even if something is going on, if someone says that it's okay or if they, if they go and they say, no, this report isn't true or they don't find any signs, I feel like there's not more that you can do. It's like for my, as long as I report that something is going on, I've done my job, but it depends on what they see and what, what other people are doing. So if someone reports that they're being abused, you know, and then they go and they say, and they go and they do their investigation, and then the uh, and then when they're talking to DSS, they change their story and say, no, this didn't happen. Or someone else says, no, this is what actually happened. And, you know, I, I, I don't know for sure what their process is, but I would imagine that if that story were to change or there wasn't reason to remove someone from a home, that they can't really do anything. Yeah, that's true. Family friends who served Judith homemade Hungarian sausage when she came to visit said the girl spoke darkly of her home life. I'm afraid to go home. My daddy is miserable. My daddy is drunk every day, and I know he wants to kill my mother, she told the couple. That's terrible. You should never know that as a child. Who asked not to be named, but were who were friends of both Barsith. So a nine-year-old is saying, quote, I'm afraid to go home. My daddy, my daddy is miserable. She was so distressed at this point that she developed 
and I cannot say this correctly, trichotillomania. Trichotillomania. It's the disease with the disorder where you pull your hair out. <gasps> there you oh go. Oh my God. I was once on a plane where I saw this girl pulling her hair out and it her was hair? gross. Or her eyebrows? Her hair. She was pulling her hair out. It could be anywhere. It she was pulling hair? Her, her hair eyebrows, out of her head. Arms, she was going like legs. this. She was taking each little hair, twisting it, and then she... And, uh, it's and a real she, thing. I, and I thought I was going to bomb hard. They definitely sampled an oldie song, and I can't remember which one it is. She's new from the I can't think of the name, but they definitely sampled the song. It was a valiant effort. Thank you. So let's talk about the mother right quick. This is Maria Verovats. That's how you say her name. I actually looked it up here. Verovats. I do remember in my tour when I was in Budapest that they claimed that they have the most beautiful people in the world. And Marilyn Monroe was Hungarian. Really? And uh, like they, they named Jean? a bunch of other people who were like beautiful people who were hung- of Hungarian descent. They got great skin. So this is Maria Verovats. That's exactly how you say her name. I looked it up. It's she pretty is, woman. That's the song. Sorry, go ahead. She's actually from a rural rural university town. She also fled Soviet Hungary in 1956, but not with Joe. They actually meet in a coffee shop, not a coffee shop, a bar, kind of like a uh, it's kind of like a uh, Wild Wings setup in a uh, bar like that. A waitress. She's a waitress. Like Buffalo Wild Wings. Yeah, exactly. They meet. And he that actually, would be amazing also. so he's a plumber at the time and he's working for himself. He's paying with $100 bills, trying to be flashy, trying to be showy. I'm my own man. Am kind I the of thing. only person that like saves those bills and tries not to spend them if I have them because it's like cool? I have a $100 bill or $50. Um, I never get those bills. So, oh, well, you just get the wrinkled up $2 bills. Hey, those are still worth money. That are thrown those at you. Those are worth money, and I do have some. <laughs> They're thrown at you. I, used to, I, I have one saved somewhere. Hey, I wish people would throw money at me. Yeah. They throw money at me. I'm sure you would Good be able to. You. But I do some very dirty things. You could go to that strip club sure. in Elmdale. So Maria meets Joe in 1976. They're in L.A., at a bar that she's waitressing at, and he would pay with $100 bills, kind of the... $100 bills. He would show, be showy about it. Not that he was rich, but, I mean, he was his own plumber. I'm I'm rich, bitch. I'm Rick James, bitch. He was uh, his own plumber. He had his own company sort of thing, so he he wasn't rich, but he did, every once in a while, get a $100 bill, so he would pay... That's like a Portuguese bankroll. They actually married in 1977 and got pregnant with Judith right after that. I feel like it's how did Judith get into acting? Like, were her parents that's forcing a, her into no, it? No, no, no. That's a really good question you ask. If you want to read this, and I'll get to that in a second is what I'm trying to say, but that's a really good question. Dark and husky, Joe Barcy would sit at the bar, head down over his drinks, like this, for which he paid with $100 bills. Maria was impressed seeing a brooding man dubbed Arizona Joe because he had once lived there. Someone who could give her security. See, all of that sounds like a red flag to me, but Arizona Joe. But brooding, someone who's brooding, who's sitting over his drinks, like, like that yeah, sounds like mysterious. He has a, He's it's not mystery. It sounds like depression to me. Her mom. All right, let's get really depressed. I'm already depressed. Ever since mom and dad. Donald Duck is 100% pure orange juice. They've been acting kind of funny. I mean, I know it tastes good, but really. Honest, a giant green gorilla drink it all up. Oh, please. We don't know what to do with them anymore. Oh, well, 
Maybe it's just a phase. Donald Duck, the 100% pure orange juice in the new juice block. Easy to store and open. Microwavable. Why do I remember that? Do you really? That's the Donald uh, Duck orange juice. That's actually her first commercial that she was in. You know what? I don't care what anyone says. Nothing compares to freshly squeezed orange juice. Tropicana ain't got nothing on that fresh stuff. But Tropicana is freshly squeezed, isn't it? It, I'm talking about like comes like out right of the orange into your glass orange juice. I'm so confused. Like you want to use an entire orange. So you have to use like three oranges per glass of freshly squeezed orange. That seems like a waste to me. Why? You're literally just squeezing the shit out of this fruit. And it's, it's only giving sugar. you like a an inch of juice. Okay, but if you use Tropicana, you also get added sugar and water. <laughs> added sugar and water. <laughs> True. Is that what you want? Added sugar no, and I want, water? No, I want she wants fresh juice. squeezed. Is what she's saying. You want the pulp where it like I love gets the in your throat and you're like, fucking oh, ass. It's so fucking good. I'm sorry. So much pulp. Ah. Tastes real good. Yeah. Yeah. Judith Barzi, June 6, 1978 to July 25th, 1988. So this is Judith Barsi on um, Cagney and Lacey. Have you ever seen this? Um, yes. I've heard of Cagney, Cagney and, Lacey. and Lacey. Yes. Why do we know that? So she played one role here, but uh, it's kind of foretelling because she was playing the role of an abused child. Oh, shit. No. She also <sighs> played Ducky. Oh Obviously. my god, I, I can't know. believe she did. Yeah. David, I can't believe her. David. That's why. Hello. I said hello. Oh my god, he's crying. Little Fight's crying. What is your name? <gasps> Maybe you cannot talk yet. Huh? Huh? So this was actually released posthumously. No, it was. Oh my yeah. This was the, you remember the um, audition she had. All right. I'm not a long neck. I'm a big mouth. But I am all alone. I am. I lost my family in the big earth shake. Um, you want to go with me? Yeah! Oh, Oh, yes, 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 I do. Oh my god, I right. love Life of One Time. Every time I remember that this happened, like, I get really upset. Poor Ducky. I can't believe she was Ducky. Yeah, yeah, she was. All dogs go to heaven. Ah. <sighs> uh. It just ripped my heart out. You know, honestly, scared. you know what it, it, you know what it is. You know why we're feeling this way is because it personalizes it for us. Yeah, like we knew her. We knew Ducky. We knew all dogs go to heaven. So she touched so many lives. All right. So this is from IMDb. This is just some trivia about her. Her favorite role was Ducky in the Land of Before Time. That was 1988. Oh, that was just before she died. She loved to swim. She played outside, and uh, she one of her best memories was in her best friend's sprinkler. She spoke fluent Hungarian. I mean, mm. a 10-year-old. She's in America. She spoke fluent Hungarian. Well, both of her parents were Hungarian. Well, I know, but she had five cats. She weighed five pounds, 6.9 ounces at birth. Tiny um, baby. Her her hey, first baby. television appearance was Fatal Vision, which is kind of also foreboding because Fatal Vision is a true crime story, which I've been wanting to cover. It's a Green Beret that was also a doctor oh. that kills his wife really? and his daughters. Oof. And she played one of the daughters. So Yikes. it's also foreboding. But I've definitely been wanting to cover that story it's by one of these authors. I cannot remember his name, but it's very, it's a very well-known true crime tale. 
She had 72 commercials. She was in the Jaws, the Revenge, the Jaws 3. She was in Growing Pains. She was oh. in She was in Cheers. Oh, I love that. Where everybody knows your name. Now that we're parents, we better learn to cook. First lesson, make sure your peanut butter's chipped. Myself, I've tried all the big brands, and Jif has more fresh roasted peanut taste. Marvelous. I have Jif at home. <laughs> Not in front of the children. She got casted for a lot of roles because she looked a lot younger than she was. She well, could not she, get over three feet eight inches. She, she had was a some, small, small baby. Five yeah, well, pounds, she six had, ounces, you said? That, was she born prematurely? No, she wasn't born prematurely, but she had a disorder Something with her spine. I didn't really get into it, but um, she did have a disorder which kept her very short. She would always play the younger roles, even though she was older, which worked for a time. But eventually it became that she needed to play older roles and she couldn't. So they started injecting her with some like hormone growth bullshit like what the fuck like it's a 10 year old child you fucking shitheads well for a 10 year old three four You're eight's pretty fucking small. injecting her with hgh are you fucking high around this time the pressure from that where she can't get rolls because she is not getting any bigger she cannot get past three feet eight inches as a 10 year old she would not grow at all so the pressure from that and the pressure from the abuse at home was really mounting up. At this time, the mother, Marie Barcy, started renting an apartment in Panorama City. And this is also the time that she started filming All Dogs Go to Heaven. Here's another uh, commercial from her. Rocky Road Cereal presents live. That's the cereal bowl. It's the Rocky Road Breakfast Band. Chocolate, chocolate, pop. It makes my heart sing. And vanilla pop is such a tasty thing. It's Rocky Road Cereal, a rockin' part of this complete breakfast. What kind of, can I just, I don't want to ask, but I do, just so we have yeah, some Yeah, go fun. ahead. Like, what kind of abuse was it? Was it more physical abuse? Was it sexual abuse? Like, no, it was not sexual abuse. That's a good question. It was more physical, emotional abuse. He would throw lots of pots of pans. At this time, she was making 100000 a year, which isn't, you know, a ton, but it's uh, enough it's for... It's a lot for, like, yeah. a 10 year Yeah, it's, it's and a lot. also back then. It's a lot for where he did not need to be a plumber, but yet he was. You know, he could come home... And have the security of his daughter making this much money and doing all these commercials and everything else. Yeah, I mean, but I... he was physically and emotionally, not sexually, abusive to his wife and his daughter. And it was it was back and forth. So it was uh, the same abuse he would give to his wife would be the same abuse he'd give to his daughter. So. That, I guess that I would ask if it, maybe he felt inadequate because his daughter was earning more than he was. But uh, you know that back then, uh, um, and he had a previous marriage where he was abusive to his wife before, yeah. too. So you, he can kind of maybe rule that out. I don't know if he can totally, but it's not as, I, it's not no, as much a as a question. factor, I think. Than, that's than, a great question. No, it's a really great question. And when I was thinking about this, it's... That's why I went down the the road of mental illness, because it was something from his childhood or it was something he was born with that transferred over. Because, like you said, even his first wife that, you know, the daughter wasn't famous, the sons wasn't famous. He was doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. So you at the beginning of the story said that. He, uh, there was an explosion at the house and he also killed himself. So, yeah. so can you kind of go into that? Like, and yeah. what, what happened there? Um, on 8.30 a.m., July 27th, a neighbor, Eunice Daly, uh, she heard an explosion. She was actually tending her garden. 
she heard this explosion. The explosion is the gasoline. He is dousing the daughter, which is in her bed, mm. and the wife, which is in the hall, with gasoline. To be honest, through my experience, I believe this was a mental illness case, and he abused the family through there, and the family stuck together, the mom and the daughter, and I believe they basically put up with it and they connected together and i believe at the end which is always the end at these cases he snapped one night and i believe he killed him he shot her in the head shot the daughter in the head shot the mother in the head and then for probably a day felt immense guilt felt that he had nothing else to do but to kill himself so he let the lit the daughter and the mother on fire and then he killed himself in the basement and then he was found and that is did he shoot himself or did he, he did die shoot in the himself explosion? no okay. he no he did shoot himself so on 8 30 a.m july 27th the neighbor eunice daly heard an explosion explosion she was outside in her garden there was a fire emanating from the house maria with the wife, the mother, was 48 years old. She was at the end of the hallway, burned beyond recognition. The daughter, Judith, who we're talking about tonight, was 10 years old. She was in her bed, beyond burned beyond recognition. The father, Joe, was in the garage with a self-inflicted gunshot wound to the head. So with this story, I feel like it's uh, extremely tragic, but I feel... I feel like there was some serious mental illness going on with the father. Uh, case of abuse is a very tragic story. It's not a very well-known story, and it should be. My name is John. I'm here with COVID, Jen, and Quiz, And uh, we love you guys. Time. Until next time, we love you guys. And good night, you lovely, lovely people.